Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov Slash the right seat Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council Kristen Stewart opened up about what it was like portraying Princess Diana Adina Menzel shared how she felt when John Travolta butchered her name at the Oscars And we're taking on your DMs again for another edition of DM911 It's September 10th, 2021 Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, so to kick things off, we're talking about one of my favorite genres, and that is Princess Diana. <laughs> and because my mom raised me well. Yes, she did. <laughs> so Kristen Stewart is already receiving tons of praise for her portrayal of Princess Diana and Spencer, but it sounds like it wasn't an easy role to take on. She told the LA Times, quote, It's scary to tell a story about someone who's not alive anymore and who already felt so invaded. I never wanted to feel like we were invading anything, just that we were kind of adding to the multiplicity of a beautiful thing. Kristen also revealed that there were times when she felt she got a sort of, quote, sign off from Diana, saying, quote, I felt some spooky spiritual feelings making this movie, even if I was just fantasizing. I mean, I think this just speaks to the real challenge of telling Diana's story, which is, you know, a story all about like the media and the paparazzi and the entertainment industry, like really destroying her. And you can make that movie, but you can never separate the fact that you are the media and the entertainment industry making that story, you know? I know. Yeah, there's definitely layers going on there. And I also want to because I was confused. I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page right now. Just so everyone knows, this is a psychological drama. 
This is not yes. a biopic. This right. is a psychological drama. And so I don't know. This is things are going to get heavy. Yeah, it's made by the same director who made Jackie. Is that right? Mm, yeah. And that movie, if you haven't seen it, it's not like a biographical retelling of Jackie O's life. It's very much like a story about inner uh, demons and struggles. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this one takes over the span of like three days during Christmas time or something like that when she's like deciding she wants to end her marriage. So it's a very specific and short time in her life. So it's going to be very concentrated. And I am beyond excited because it's it really sounds. I was nervous when they said Kristen Stewart was going to be playing her. You immediately just think of Twilight. But listen, she's done her homework. She's done her research. She's got the people to help her. And she's there. Oh, yeah. I mean, this movie was basically like genetically engineered in a lab to win Oscars. And I'm so fucking excited for it. All right. Well, moving on. Speaking of Oscars. Idina Menzel recently appeared on Carpool Karaoke and talked about how it felt when John Travolta mispronounced her name as Adele Dazeem at the 2014 Oscars. First, I felt really sorry for myself, like Mel Streep's out there is my big, my big break. And, and he just up my name. And then... <laughs> this and is John Travolta. I got have, your name wrong yes. when he introduced you. Adele Dazeem. And then eight seconds, the, the band starts and I'm like, get your together. Come on, this is your moment. Like, stop worrying about that he messed up your name. Sing, bitch. Idina went on to say that there's no hard feelings and that John has written so many nice apologetic emails and is so kind. I, I mean, it, it is. It is. I. You think back to that time. I've always known who she is. I like musicals, but I do think... Oh, me think, too. I'm a huge Rent fan. Right, exactly. But I do think at this point when she was coming out to sing at the Oscars, this was a really big time for her to be introduced as herself and be seen by people who don't love musicals. So I could totally see where you're like, oh, fuck me. Where you just... I, like no. how, and especially as a woman too, and all this stuff. But he, he didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> this poor man did not do it on purpose. <laughs> no, I've watched that clip. I would say probably five hundred to seven hundred times um, in my life, and uh, it's very clear. You see the panic on his face when he's like, he gets to the point introducing, and you see he's like, I don't know her name, and I don't know why it wasn't on the teleprompter if they had like scrolled past it or what. But he just went for it. He started with Adele. He committed and then he finished with Dazeem, you know. I do love that he's written all these nice emails. I know more than one. That really, sh- I'm I've, sure, I've well, never I'm done sure, that before. Okay, so you know when you're like uh, driving home from work and all of a sudden you're like your chest and face get hot because you remember a memory from years ago. <laughs> this is his. This yes. is his memory. I mean, ultimately, I think she's right that it was a net positive because it made that performance so legendary. Mm. I think a lot more people saw the performance right. like on YouTube the next day because of that. And she killed it. So all in, it turned out to be a pretty good thing. Oh, John Travolta. <laughs> okay, Stephen, moving on. It is time for another installment of DM911. For anyone unfamiliar with the segment, Stephen keeps his DMs wide open for anyone seeking advice because there is no problem he can't help you solve. Today, we're tackling the pros and cons of eloping, what to do when your parents disapprove of your SO, and how to deal with family members who make light of mental health issues. You ready, Stephen? I'm so ready. Let's get into it. (laughs) All right. Our first advice seeker writes, my fiance and I are planning to secretly elope. No family drama or anything. We are private and feel like ceremonies with lots of people are not our thing. We anticipate that my fiance's mom is going to be very upset with our decision to elope. 
Should we tell her ahead of time so she's not blindsided? Or do we just go ahead with the secret plan and let her process it afterwards? We are also kind of worried that she'll try to guilt us into changing our plans if we do tell her ahead of time. Okay, well, first of all, I should say, I don't think either path here would necessarily be wrong. It's your wedding, your marriage, your future in-laws. And I totally buy that there are times where it would just make sense to keep the elopement a secret from family until it's all said and done. However, if you're asking what I would do, I would probably choose to give the mom a heads up first, not from a place of asking permission or asking for her blessing or anything like that, simply from a place of just informing her of the plan uh, briefly and matter of factly, which gives her the time to process it on her own. Because I have to imagine if she's already the type of person who is going to be upset about an elopement. Those feelings are going to be magnified by a factor of a hundred if you don't tell her ahead of time. To any degree that you can mitigate the bad feelings here, I think there's no harm in at least trying to do that. And by the way, the reason I think there's no harm in trying to do that is that you haven't really identified in your DM what that harm would be. You do say that she might try to guilt you into changing your plans. To which I would say, okay, well, don't be guilted into changing your plans. That much is in your control. You have to be steadfast in your decision here. You have to stand firm with your partner about why this is the right choice for you and then tune out everything else. And I do think there are significant upsides to telling her. First of all, it gives her the opportunity to do the right thing and get on board. Whether or not she takes that opportunity is up to her but at least you've shown grace by giving her it. And second of all, if you don't tell her, she is going to hold that over your heads for the rest of her life. And whether that's fair or not, a lot of people in your family probably will side with her. Not telling her would be a very controversial move. She's almost certainly going to weaponize it. So I would just say, why give her the weapon in the first place? So yeah, I would tell her the plan, although I maybe not tell her the exact time and date so she doesn't like show up. I hope she's supportive, but if she's not, you hang up the phone and you go to City Hall anyway. Oh, Stephen, beautiful advice. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you tell her she's going to guilt you, that's fair. She's going to do it. That's what her reaction is going to be. But it's like, hey, just the way you phrase it, be like, hey, we've already decided this. We love you. We are setting this boundary. Like it literally is just setting the boundaries. And if that's what you want to do, you're going to do it. And you're doing it in the kindest way you can, which is by having open communication. And I also think there's an opportunity here to do like a little bit of like mental jujitsu, which is to say, like, when you tell her, maybe instead of focusing on what's not going to happen, which is a big splashy wedding, why don't you focus on something that could happen? For example, you could frame it like, We've decided to do an elopement just privately with the two of us. And then we would love to do a nice dinner with you. And if you could help us like plan that dinner like out, we would love that. So give her something that she can hold on to that's not your wedding, but just one little thing that she can do. And then hope that she can get excited about that instead of focusing on the big wedding that's not happening. And then the second part of that plan is make sure she doesn't listen to our podcast so she knows that this is your plan of attack. But But then afterwards, tell her to listen to this podcast because we would love to have yes. her. <laughs> and leave a rating and a review. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back to hear more advice from our very own Steven.
She Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm excited to be back with a new season of You and Me Both. You know, when we started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. But I am a firm believer we're stronger together. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. Listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Stephen about all of life's problems. Next, we have a writer whose relationship is being controlled by her parents. She writes, I'm 23 and live with my overprotective conservative parents. My boyfriend and I have been together for a year. My parents do not approve of him because he comes from a lower socioeconomic status and didn't go to a, quote, good college. We recently signed a lease together, but my parents reacted badly when I told them. And they're not letting me move in with him and threatening to disown me if I do. My boyfriend and I fight often because of this. He's upset I didn't honor my commitment to move in and thinks I'm enabling my parents to control my life by staying in their house. I do feel like my parents are micromanaging me and I need independence, but I'm worried their concerns about my boyfriend might be right. Do I break up with my boyfriend? Do I move in with him since I have to pay my half of the lease this year anyway? You know, I was really right there with you until the end of your message where I started to go like, wait, hey, wait, what's happening? What's happening here? So let me just break this down. Your parents think your boyfriend is not worthy of you because he comes from a lower socioeconomic status and didn't go to a quote unquote good college. And now you say you're starting to wonder if they're right. I don't know if this person is the right partner for you, but I do know that this is not how you should be evaluating a partner in the first place. You also write that your boyfriend thinks that you're enabling your parents to control your life by staying under their roof. But I have to tell you, that doesn't sound like your boyfriend's opinion of what's happening. It sounds like objective fact. I mean, 
you literally signed a lease on a place and are only going back on it because your parents told you to. So they are in control and you are enabling it. The question of whether or not you should move in with this guy ultimately just boils down to whether you love this person and want to be with him. If you do, I would not let his socioeconomic status or his educational resume get in the way of that. But I have to be honest with you, based on the way you've described the whole situation, it doesn't really sound like you are invested in this. And I can appreciate that it's very hard to move forward in a relationship that your parents would disown you over, especially at 23 years old. Losing your family is a very hard thing to do, even when it's because your family is, frankly, a bunch of assholes. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for you to go down that road when you're just maybe not that into your boyfriend in the first place. You've asked me whether you should break up with this guy or move in with him. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, break up with him. It sounds like your doubts outweigh your desires by a lot. And you and your boyfriend both deserve relationships where desire is the predominant force. Yeah, I never like a situation in a relationship, which I have seen way too often where it's, should we break up or should we get engaged? You know, and that's, this is like a version of that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't like either of those options right now. Feels like we're not in a good place to answer either. But while I was listening to you, I think I was just thinking about how her boyfriend is feeling throughout all of this. And it kind of feels like maybe she's not in a place where she should be in a relationship, period, right now, because she's got some stuff to figure out with herself and her parents. And also, 23, you got a long time to figure it out. So, yeah, I think I'd side on that, just like really deciding, like, what do you want right now? Because your questions are kind of leading. Yeah, for sure. And also like these criticisms of your boyfriend in terms of like that he doesn't come from money and that he didn't go to a good college, which again, probably because good colleges cost money. Um, you know, those are tough critiques. I, I hope you're not saying those things out loud to him, but either way, I bet he's internalizing it. And I don't think that's fair to him. And I do think you have to protect this person here because he's done nothing wrong, at least from what you've described. And your family is the ones doing the things that are wrong. So please protect this person in the process. All right. So lastly, we have this writer who's struggling with anxiety and depression. They write, I've struggled with severe anxiety and major depression for years. I have one incredible friend who completely understands and takes care of me, but my family doesn't get it and it makes me feel awful when I say I need my space. They just say, get over it or why can't you be happy? How do I let them know my mental health is something I'm working on and not just feeling down? Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm really sorry that's going on. That sounds horrible. Um, I'm glad that you say you're working on your mental health now. It takes a lot of courage and strength and investment to confront mental illness. And I want to commend you for doing that. You don't mention it in your DM, but I really hope that a core part of that mental health work that you're doing is happening with a therapist. I would recommend therapy to literally anyone, but especially for someone who has been experiencing severe anxiety and depression for several years, it will be a vital, necessary, life-saving resource for you. So I hope you have a therapist. I'm going to assume you have one just because you, you mentioned that you're working on it. And if you don't have one, 
please consider that to be your step one in dealing with this because therapy is the right place for you to get the tools to navigate your family. And it's also a safe space that you can return to as many times as you need when your family situation becomes particularly upsetting or unhelpful or untenable. I wonder if perhaps it might be a good idea to invite some of your family to attend a few limited therapy sessions with you. I wonder if a professional, neutral third party could offer your family some guidance about what mental illness is and what they should do to support you in your journey and also what they should stop doing and saying, which is going to be key for them. I think it would definitely be worth asking your therapist if they think that's a good idea or an option based on your circumstances. Even if that's not an option, there are certainly other ways you might bring them into the fold of what you're dealing with right now. Your family sounds particularly uneducated about mental health. The good news is we are living in a time where there is no shortage of books, movies, podcasts, TV shows that explore mental health in all of its complexities. It might be worth looking into some resources that you could offer them, things that could educate them so that you don't have to. And that's another thing, by the way, that your therapist should be able to provide, like a list of resources like books and podcasts and documentaries for families who are wanting to support a loved one who's dealing with a mental illness. The things your family are saying to you are absolutely horrific and unacceptable. If I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and maybe I shouldn't, but as an experiment, if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, I would guess those statements are being made because they really want you to be okay, to be well, to thrive, and they don't know how to help you get there clearly. So the task at hand is to provide them with some answers to that question of how they can help. First off, I also want to say I'm proud of them because it takes a lot to realize that you have anxiety and depression. That's a big thing. And second, yeah, if I was going to, this isn't more benefit of the doubt. I'm not even going to say that. I feel like I'm just going to say like, this is probably the case. I bet her parents have been told that before when they weren't feeling well by their parents and by other people. We have unfortunately and fortunately entered a new phase of mental health. I say unfortunately because it's taken this long to get here, but uh, our parents and their parents did not have the resource or did not have the support to have those resources like we do now. And so, yeah, there's growing pains, a lot of growing pains. And I've been there. My friends have been there. It, it, it happens, unfortunately, but yes, all of Stephen's advice, therapist, number one. Get a therapist. And maybe your parents would benefit from having therapists of their own, truly, because like to your point, you know, a lot of people from our parents' generations have never even tapped into their mental health before, you know, and maybe from this journey, they'll learn that a therapist would be a good thing in their life too. Mm. Ugh, I love ending on a note of everyone get a therapist. Yes. <laughs> All right. As always, Stephen, thank you for giving us your very thoughtful advice. Please. It is always my pleasure. Everyone DM me at Stephen LC. That's Stephen with a PH. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, it's a Dino Menzel, not Adele disease. This episode is exclusively for John Travolta. <laughs> BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowser, Jess Goodwin, and Erica Nedanine. And special thanks to Samantha Hennig and Tommy Wesley. 
be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.